You're listening to Black, Brown, Gold, presented by the Black and Asian Alliance Network. In these conversations, we seek intersectionality, understanding, and a good time as we wade through discussions on Black and Asian mixed identity. For more information about the Black and Asian Alliance Network, hit up banorg.org. That's B-A-A-N-O-R-G.org. So here we are. We're back. We're black. We're Asian. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Yo, oh, some really man. influential people noticed this podcast, inaugural podcast. Hey. I think we're doing a good thing. Yeah. Hey, I like it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Shout uh, out to all you Blasians out there. It's a lot of us. Yes, there's and way more on both sides. Way more than I thought. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Black, Brown, Gold, a podcast about and by and for Blasians and our experiences. I'm Jonathan, aka Blasian FMA, all over the internet. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I am joined by... What's up? It's me, Megan Thomas, also known as Meg Scoop on the interwebs. Um, uh, my pronouns are she, her... Is that right? Did I use it? Yeah, right? you got it. Every time you're like, <laughs> Every, yeah. you don't know how many times I've done my pronouns and I'd be like, wait, is it all of them? I'm sorry. Yes, uh, that's me. <laughs> you can find me at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. Uh, I'm Ryan Alexander Holmes, aka at Ryan Alex H. He, him, his. So what I gather from that is <laughs> you're going to be on season two of that one show <laughs> yeah. by what's her name? Shonda Rhimes. That one show by what's her name? Bridget Chen. <laughs> what's her name? Reggae Jean Page is going to be gone and you're his replacement guy. Wait, why did he go? Um, I think they never meant him to be past one season. From what I understand, I think it was just supposed to be that. Like every season, like a whole different, like it's a different, it's a different focus. I think the next season is about like the older brother. Uh. Hmm. Yeah. Admittedly, well, I've never watched back. a Shonda show, so. Never any any Shonda show. Wow. Not Scandal. Wow. You missing Grey's out, Anatomy. boo. Yeah. I don't know what you over here doing. Bridgerton? You didn't watch Bridgerton? No, and it was so popular, wasn't it? What are you doing, Jonathan Gibbs? Watching anime yeah. stand black. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh. Well, let's jump right into... <laughs> Uh, this episode about food. If you clicked on this thing, no, we're not giving away free coupons to H Mart or see, I try to balance the jokes nope. out, but I can't think of a black version of H Mart. Do we have black grocery stores? Oh, wow. We really don't. We don't. And that is actually Dang. very sad. Damn. Hmm. I mean, we have black owned businesses, which we'll get into in right. a few minutes, mm -hmm. but like we don't have chains like that. That's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. that's not even on the script anyway episode two is about food food is one of the cultural artifacts that unite us as a people uh, we all need to eat and drink mm, and some of us love to drink mm -hmm. <laughs> and our various cultures on both sides love to drink um, and have also evolved <laughs> the food in their own ways so in this episode, we're going to talk about our favorite foods, foods that we don't like, our experiences with our foods growing up, and then a little bit of um, controversy there at the end for you to chew on. So, I mean, this is a food is a where do we even start with this? Food is life. Food is love. <laughs> I'm trying to be as generic as possible right now. Wait, well, let's even... start with this. What was your what was a typical like dinner at your houses growing up? Mm, rice. Like yes. that was the number wow. one thing that was always present was rice. Dude, rice always. Like I remember living on my own, like after I went to college 
you know, away from home for the first time. And I was like, where's the rice? Like, I got to go find it and make it. Like, I got to go buy a rice cooker. You know what I mean? Like, because that wasn't the norm outside of my house. Like, I have to have everything with rice. And, you know, that's funny because, like, we, like, I always remember having a rice cooker in our house and like not even a rice cooker but also my mom had like a rice housing facility I'd like yes with the one two three on it it's like yeah one two three you pick the number of how much rice you want and then you pull the little drawer out because it puts all the rice put it in your you don't have one of those i didn't have one of those no we just had pounds of rice in your closet Mm, no, wow. like you take the huge bag and you like pour it into the rice storage. Right. And then I need to go get one of those for my mom right now. Yeah. Oh, myself. she's gonna be so happy. She's gonna love you. Well, the uh, thing is, I had that thing that you're talking about, Meg, but we just like scooped the rice out of the top, so we never pressed the one, two, three. Mm. I, I don't know if it was broken or what, but like we would go to the commissary because I'm military uh <laughs> yeah, navy, and we would uh buy the bags of rice and then they'd be in the closet like Ryan. Yeah. So um, mm. it, like Ryan's rice, not that you're in the closet, Ryan. Ryan's like Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, you mentioned like in college, you had to get your rice cooker. For me, it was, um, well, before college, actually, because in the previous episode, I think I said like half my life was my minor life was with my mom. And then I moved in with my dad. With my dad, he didn't have a rice cooker, number one, but number two, which I found weird. But then that led to us not eating rice every day. And then he was like, no, you're, he didn't say these words, but in so few words, he was like, no, you're weird for like eating rice every day. Like sometimes we have potatoes, sometimes we have pasta, <laughs> sometimes we have rice. And I'm like, no, rice every day. <laughs> so that was a point of contention for us. And that should we be never on a t-shirt. Rice that should be on a t-shirt. No, <laughs> rice every rice day. Every day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, we, same thing here. I mean, we, you know, I grew up with my dad and my mom and they, you would think that with my dad being such like a strong Southern black man that it would be like, no, we need all these other foods. But somehow my mom incorporated both to the point where like every meal had a touch of both. Every mm. meal had rice, <laughs> you know, rice and usually rice and kimchi was like somewhere around, mm. but mm. it was also fried chicken, mac and cheese, cabbage, uh, cornbread, like Sister Thomas is what I like to call her, had to make all of this stuff because I guess, you know, my dad's side of the family were really big chefs, like like career chefs, but they were known for like their Southern food. So for my grandma, who people would buy her homemade caramel icing on my dad's side, you know, to my aunts who like were chefs for like governors and everything. So when, I guess when they got married, my aunts kind of sat my mom down and was like, so... We know you're fresh off the boat, but you're going to have to learn how to make this. Okay. <laughs> you have to learn how to make this stuff in our family. We eat. <laughs> so she, you know, over time, my mom's food, like her Southern food got so good to the point where my college roommate would always ask me to bring my mom's mac and cheese back whenever I went home to visit. Like it was that good. She was like, your mom's mac and cheese is fire. Like, I don't understand how this little Asian lady can make fire mac and cheese, but she had to learn. That, that's funny because th that reminds me of the, fa the fact that your mom could make mac and cheese so well that people asked for it. I have a friend that I go to his house like pre-pandemic um, all the time for New Year's. And he had this recipe for greens that everybody loved. And he was like, Chow, you're never going to believe it. But these, this greens recipe is from a Korean woman at work. 
And I was like, what? Was it my mom? Was it my mom's first time? How did she learn how to cook greens? Like, yeah, mama, mama. Like collard greens, not kale and not something else. Like to me, collard greens is a black food. I don't know if that's right, the right, case, right. but I always thought it was a black food. Yeah. So, um, and I'm sure a lot of people would argue it is like one of the staples, right? So the fact that this Korean woman at my friend's job was the one whose recipe we were using all the time, I was just, I was shook, but I was happy about it. Right. Mm. See, that's, yeah, that definitely was my mom. So tell tell your friend, you're welcome. Meg, you and I are both Southern. One thing that really was like a de defiling of something sacred to me is the fact that like Black folks always told me like, you eat your rice plain? And I'm like, yes, right. every day. No, they got to put butter, salt, sugar, pepper. Sugar? Thank you. Sugar. Uh, yeah, the sugar was when I was like, are you out of your mind? How dare you defile rice like this? <laughs> Nothing goes on. If you decide to put anything on rice, Yo. it's only soy sauce. That is it. Okay. My, my grandma would would like give me the dirtiest looks of I ever even like put soy sauce on my rice. You don't do that. <laughs> right. You don't do that. Soy sauce just on plain rice. That's just. Wait, no. wait have y'all ever had like rice with butter and a little bit of soy sauce all just like mixed together? No, that sounds super delicious. Is, is it bomb? So good. It is, I don't know. Like that's a meal in itself. I don't know why, but I used to eat that. Like when I was a little kid, I used to just eat that and nothing else. I might just do that later. It's so good. <laughs> Butter and a little bit, just enough soy sauce. Give you a little mm. taste. Mm. I, I mean, I guess I, the thing is like also Asians do not exclusively own rice, like from the African countries, you know, right. rice is a yeah. very big part of like the African diaspora. So I do respect that folks do eat butter and sugar in their rice, but it's almost <laughs> like within the black community, we have the whole, how do you eat your grits with salt or sugar, that kind mm. of fight for, I think for mm. Blasians, it's that kind of disdain for folks just not eating plain rice. Um, I gotta ask you guys this question about, you know, we're talking about like, well, maybe we could do both. Okay, because I, I was thinking about something, but I wanna know what you, what food you guys did not like growing up. But then I also wanna know what was your favorite because we didn't talk about that. Oh, we talked about rice, didn't we? Sorry. <laughs> we never talked about our actual, <laughs> We yeah. talked about the side food, which is rice. Yeah. Okay. But what did you not like growing up? I don't know what they were called in Filipino, but there were like these little things that looked like cakes or pies. And I, I specifically remember going to like gatherings and seeing these things and being like, oh, this looks really good. And then eating it, it was like liver or something. And I'm like, what the yeah. is this? I would be so <laughs> mad. And I got tricked twice between the span of like three years. And I remember mm. the second time I was like, God damn it. I remember the first time I ate, I was like seven. I was like, I remember the first time I ate this and it was nasty. And then on the black side, chitlins, y'all ain't gonna get me to eat chitlins. Mm -mm -mm. Okay, listen, chitlins are my favorite. Okay, oh my God. <laughs> they're my favorite. It's like dirty sauce. I don't I care. Booty noodles. I know they they're, they have the, the infamous nickname booty noodles. I know they do. But I still love oh, me some accurate. booty noodles. I still love me some booty noodles, oh. y'all. Um, but I also like booty booty noodles on the Asian side too. Which are what? They're hella good. I forget what they're. Uh, I feel like called. almost like multiple countries have multiple versions, right? Yeah, yeah. But like they're fried, and they, they you could put them in this like uh, chili powder, Chinese chili powder. 
Fire. Mm. Fire. They're not my favorite food. Fried chitlins, basically. But they're hella good. Yeah, they're fried chitlins. Um, mm. And something, had. I think something that I don't like, we'll, we'll do it both. We'll do Chinese and on the black side. I don't like red bean. And what? that, that'll get me like disowned from my Chinese side. Oh, but I just true. don't like it. Actually, it's, in, it's in so many things. It's in so many pastries and so many desserts. Yeah, I was gonna I, say, like the I little like buns, it. right? Yeah, I don't I like it. Talking about red beans and rice type. Of I red thought that's beans. what he was talking oh, about no, too. No, <laughs> no. Actually, that's, that's black on this part. That's like actually fine. Like that's actually fine. But it's like straight up anti-black. The Chinese side, it's like sugary red bean. Yeah, I'm like, with you on that. Like that. I'm with you um, on that. I don't like the Koreans have like a like a red bean ice type of meal or like it's like yeah. a dessert but it's like red beans shaved ice um yes sweet milk i don't ugh, I, yeah. don't, I, don't like, yeah. I don't like it the filipinos wow. have halo halo which is like similar it's a it's a dessert with beans in it and i'm just like what <laughs> i think that's a common theme through asia is like, like beans, beans in yeah. desserts yeah that's meat fresh meat fresh if you've ever gone there it's like a taiwanese dessert chain and it's just like oh yes yes I, we have one yeah. yeah a taiwanese friend brought me yeah. to one in nyu area and he was like yeah. he had to warn me he's like no this isn't the kind of dessert you're used to no but this is my country because <laughs> like, he knows i'm very opinionated green beans and red mean. beans and all kinds of beans and i don't like um well this is not korean but it's asian it's more thai but durian have you ever oh. had that? The, yeah. the fruit? Yeah. That's the it, smelly uh, fruit, right? Oh, it, 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 it tastes, tastes like if you get, and you know what? There's a couple of people like you have to get the right kind because sometimes they're a little yeah. too tight. If you get them, they taste like throw up. That's the it's one. Like, no. Yo, yo, yo. It smells like throw up just it's off that. top, but it tastes like an apple and an onion, but also custard. I think it's different types that you get because the one I had tastes like that's the one like I had. That's not what mine tastes like. That's the one I had. It tasted like <laughs> onion, apple, and custard at the same I time. Can't do it. I can't. I, do it. I, what? How? I've never had it. I've always heard about it. You should try so, it. You should. You mm. definitely should try it. <clears throat> you might like it. You might like it. I'm a very picky eater, by the way. So <laughs> mm. you can't be picky with all these cultures now. That okay? might that might cure your Wait, brain. What, what do they make bro. like? You can eat like pieces of it, right? But like, yeah, it's just like do regular they make food. pies or like drinks or cakes. Yeah, they do. They do. I they think do. I've seen a durian drink. Before. Yeah, yeah. I used to live in Thailand. I feel like it was really <clears throat> there. I heard it. It cures brain fog. Uh -uh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> don't do him like that. Um, what is? You know what? I really like. I don't like on the black side. I don't like chitlins either. I remember I used to work at a soul food restaurant when I was like 14, 15. My godparents. Um. And they would have like chitlin night once a month. And Not I am night. telling you, it was like, it sold out, okay? People out the door <laughs> wanting their bowls of chitlin. Hell and I yeah. cannot understand it because we had to be in the back cleaning them. Oh no. Like, this is disgusting. Like why would people want to eat? I'm like pulling the lining away from the chit. It was disgusting. Okay, and I was okay. like, I don't know why. Do do all that. People, black, white, Asian, everybody was just coming and eating these nasty chitlins. Apparently they were yummy for chitlins, but it doesn't matter. They were chitlins. And I ugh, you had to do clean them. But if I, I do love meat. Listen. Clean them. Clean them. If I had to clean them, I'm not going. You got to soak them in like them too. Oh. No. I will never eat them. Never. But I do love me some um I mean all things fried chicken is so good, but I you know oh, yes. I use air fryer now, but fried chicken oh. is like there's nothing Wait, how do you cook Wait, do you cook fried chicken in an air fryer? 
Yeah, you could do it in air fryer. I you still have to I... like brush it in oil, right? To get the crispiness. No, you can just, you can actually just spray the oh, spray. spray. Mm-hmm. Like Pam? Uh, get the, I don't use Pam. I would use like a little healthier of a spray, but yeah. You could use like, a, I use like an olive oil spray that has like the, doesn't have the propellants in it and stuff. But yeah, you mm. spray it directly on the food. You want to get like the healthier sprays. Spray mm. it on food. You season it up, put it in the air fry, boo. Watch you a little YouTube video. It's just like you fried it. Mm. Wow. On the black side, I like um, like all kinds of soul food. I mean, chitlins is a soul food, so let me not do that. But um, I, you said fried chicken. I like smothered pork chops. I like fried pork chops, and I like fried catfish. Oh, fried catfish. Yes. So good. So good. Catfish is so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yes. What about you, Ryan? I, what about on your black side? What do you like? What I like, I, I like... Listen, I like almost everything, but is it isn't it unhealthy? At least that's like yeah, the stigma yeah. that it has. A lot of okay, it. a lot of food is unhealthy. Yeah. But what do you yeah. want? <laughs> but wait a minute, is a uh, lot of uh, I mean, talk about the stuff. The Americanized Chinese, yeah. is unhealthy too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went to Panda Express, like <laughs> not Panda Express. Panda Don't Express. tell your people you went there. I went to Panda Express. Listen, listen though. They did this YouTube video where they reviewed Panda Express. They had the younger generation, like oh, I saw this, and, and the older generation review it, just blind taste it. Well, the older generation was blind tasting it, but the younger generation wasn't. They knew what it was, but the older generation was like, "This is very good. This is delicious. This is quality." <laughs> and the younger generation, knowing that it's Panda Express, is like, "Oh, this is so bad. Why did lose oh, there?" But I'm oh, like, "No, I was thinking of a. I was thinking of delicious. a TikTok. There's this TikTok of a." a kid whose dad is like a master chef or something i think he's an iron chef actually a former mm. iron chef and so they bought panda express and then he like the dad tasted it and he was like no we need to fix this so like he took all the ingredients from the panda express and made like a michelin five-star meal out of it Ooh, so that's really cool. interesting Damn. like he took all the breading off the chicken and then used the protein then he oh like added more vegetables and stuff it was really i, want, I thought that's I what you were that. really talking about i know i wish that's what i was talking about because i want all that yeah but, but what about on your asian yeah. ethnicity side so what foods do you like my favorite i mean mm. honestly is like is like well and they're called LA ribs, but it's like Kalbi, but it's like the marinated, you get them in, I mean, you get them in LA for sure, but like other places it's Kalbi. It's basically just like um, beef short ribs that's marinated and they cut them like in black culture. I think we cut the bone, we cut in between the bones mm-hmm. in Korean culture, you cut across each bone so that you have a strip that has like little bones within it. Oh. But it's so I didn't realize that you cut it differently, but that's basically what it is. It's short ribs. It's just wait, I know that. I love that. I love you it. Said it's it's Kalbi. Yeah, it's marinated in like what well, my aunt does, like she's a Korean chef. She has a restaurant and she does like basically Korean K syrup, <laughs> which is like so bad for you. Coke, actually, Coca-Cola, Korean K syrup. And like other soy sauce, a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what's in here. And I ate it. I was like, this is fabulous. This is so good. That is that's one of my favorite Korean foods, actually. Aside from KFC, and we're not talking about Kentucky fried chicken, but Korean fried chicken. The the karubi or the galbi, depending on where you are in the world, I guess. 
Um, and I didn't realize that until you just made that connection for me, like in black culture, or at least I guess in Western, maybe American, I, I guess, I just, cause I've seen white people make ribs too. Right. Yeah. Like the way they cut, it's like you have a rack of ribs and then you cut in between, in between each yeah. so that you got a bone with each rib. Yeah. But like, I remember the dish that you're talking about, like it's cut along each bone so that you get like circle bones, circles. Right. Of yeah. You get a bones. piece of the bone. Like you have one strip of meat, but then it's bone, 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 bone. bone right. Yeah. So I like that. But for Filipino, oh. I definitely it's chicken adobo and lechon kawali and chicken adobo. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like marinated chicken and it's kind of, it's like a stew and you eat it with rice and, um, you know, it's just good. And like, there are so many different versions of it throughout the Philippines, depending on where you go. Some people use coconut milk, some people just use soy sauce vinegar, but I think adobo is actually just a cooking process, not to be confused with adobo, the all season. Right. <laughs> I didn't know the difference before. I was like, oh, I thought that was a Mexican seasoning. I'm exactly. lost. I don't even know either one. So. Oh my God, wait, Ryan, when like I come back out there. Jonathan, it's, it's like, like a, a stew. It's like okay. a Filipino. And then um, lechon kawali is just um, uh, pork belly fried. Mm. And, and it's good. Oh, God. Ooh, ooh. Oh, you got me thinking about all the Chinese foods that I love. Dude, I love, dude, I love Chinese food. Damn. Like, give wow. me, okay, so hold, okay, so what is the difference between, like, give me some examples of real Chinese food as opposed to, like, Americanized Chinese food? <laughs> Broccoli beef. Wait, the hell is, is that? that real or fake? Oh, what? What the hell is that? I never had that before. Hmm. Um, that is disappointing to hear. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's not. But I still General eat Tso's it. chicken? Is he even Chinese? General, General So. <laughs> There's a whole documentary <laughs> about that. How do you say it? I've had that at I've had that at places that were that I go to with my family. I don't know if that's like. Here's the th here's the thing. Like when you're in America, a lot of the things that were created as like Americanized Chinese food become a part of the staple years and years later. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But but Chinese people are making it and making it better, even though it was like an Americanized version of of something that was made for the Western palate. Mm -hmm. Because the history of Chinese food in America starts during the expansion of the West when they brought railroad workers there and and they cut off, you know, uh, these Asian, these Chinese men's ability to have families because they didn't let women and their family come. So they had to figure out ways to make money. And one of the ways to make money was laundromats, but also uh, Chinese restaurants. And their clientele were white people, you know? Oh, yeah. So they had to adapt to that palate and sell them food that was, that was exotic enough. You know what I mean? Right. But not too exotic, right? They're not selling booty noodles. They're not going to start with that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you, so yeah. when you were in, because you used to live in China, right? Are you? Still, yeah, yeah. But I lived in what Shanghai. is some like typical foods there that we don't really have here in America? In American Chinese food. Wow, it's interesting that you ask because I don't really because I grew up with like such a plethora of different kind of Chinese food, like so many different dishes. Because you know I was raised Chinese and went to Chinese restaurants my whole life. Like the difference to me isn't that big. Like there, there was nothing in China besides like fried scorpion or like fried baby turtle scorpion well yeah. that's 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 different. yeah that's different but like <laughs> most of the things i had already had before 
you know? And if I uh, looked real hard, I could find it. You can't really fr get a fried baby turtle here because they don't do that shit to turtles <laughs> in America, you know? Or a scorpion. That You're not going to find a scorpion because there's not a huge market for people wanting did that. You, did you try that, by the way? Yeah, just tastes like crispy. Like Wait, crispy you mean the wet. whole thing, like the stinger and everything? Yeah, well, I, I'm sure they... I'm sure they clean that. I don't know. I wasn't asking no questions. I was just eating. <laughs> I think, I think as a, even though I'm not Chinese, I feel like I might be able to lend some insight here because I Go grew ahead. up outside of New York um, and in a very rural, like, um, like mid America, every town USA, Chinese food, Americanized type. I grew up around that, but then I moved to New York and got to know real Chinese, like Chinese people and their, and like, places that are not Americanized and I now know that food. So mm. like you think of like the general sauce chicken, you think of the beef and broccoli, you think of that kind of stuff that's in your every town USA Chinese food. But then when mm -hmm. I think about Chinese food, like I don't want Chinese people to drag me for saying this, but like uh, dim sum and the different kinds of like uh, dumplings, like dumplings is a thing mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that are yeah. not so mainstream. If you live in a big city like LA or NYC or maybe even Atlanta, maybe dumplings are more common, but like dumplings, different forms of shumai, um, mm -hmm. the vegetables, uh, the mm -hmm. types of noodles, like the flat noodles that they roll up and then you like pour soy sauce on it and then eat with your chopsticks mm -hmm. and big globs of, um, there's a lot that like, everyday USA person that only eats American Chinese food is missing out on mm -hmm. with regard to like, really, I, I took some friends to dim sum the first time I came back from visiting New York. We actually had dim sum in Memphis of all places. And like they had chicken feet and my friends are like, what is this? And like, it, it was, a, it, I was, first of all, I was shook that it was even in Memphis, but like. Chicken feet we are. I don't like, I don't necessarily hate them, but I don't necessarily order them all the time. I can eat them, but they just kind of taste like very gelatinous. I like the sauce, but anytime I invite somebody to dim sum that hasn't tried them before, I'm ordering them. Wait, and for the like listeners, fried? what is dim sum? We've is mentioned it? this twice. Dim sum is like a, dim sum is a Chinese, you know, uh, morning cuisine, you know? Um, at least it's mornings? At least that's what it has become and developed into. Um. But when I was in uh, Hong Kong, which is because dim sum is a Cantonese thing, right. you know, and the majority of Hong Kong is, you know, they speak Cantonese. Um, it's the best there because mm. uh, that's where it started. Like no dim sum anywhere in the world is beating like even like a hole in the wall spot in Hong Kong. So is the format the same for all dim sum? Like in terms of you sit at a table and people come around with carts and then you like Nah, it's not, it's not like that everywhere. I didn't, and they kind of ended that like all I live in Monterey Park, like Alhambra um, in, in LA, which is like China. And growing up here, going to the restaurants like that was the norm. But that quickly has gone away. And I don't it went away bef even before COVID. Because people preferred it to be fresh. And what they realized is like, even though it's on a cart, it's not fresh. Like I'd rather have it made to order than like hailed down a cart that's been driving around for I don't know how long in between these tables. You know what I mean? Trying to that's sell part off of the fun it. though. Being petty it's part with of the other fun. people like it's running to the, the lady and getting the best food. That is definitely an experience that people should have with dim sum, but I've already had it and I want some fresh stuff that's made. To Wait, order. is it like okay, so it's just 
because I see different things at dim sum. So is it the concept of it comes in that little like wooden bowl thing? It or, can. or okay, so it's not necessarily because I like because I the pork bun. Mm. Yeah. It's fine. Yes. And I'd be like there, trying to yeah. not eat pork, but I will eat a pork bun. <laughs> Which pork bun? Are you talking about the one that's like and like a little bit white sweet one? Yet. The, yeah, white, the one. white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. With I don't the red really pork like, in the side. That's that is good, but I prefer the honey glazed one. Oh, yes. I've never had that. Never had they're that? like golden, wow. right? Yes, they're like golden and round. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Oh, so you're gonna make too. me go to Tim Ho Wan after this. Go. Go immediately. <laughs> Chinese folk gonna drag me talking about that's like going to Applebee's. <laughs> you, know, some- you know what's what's crazy is, is, is we're having this conversation and I'm realizing like how much I actually love Chinese food because when people would ask me what my favorite is, sometimes I'd say Japanese. <gasps> oh uh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. But really it is Chinese because I have such a wide variety of things that I know that I've eaten my whole life. And it's only when I like leave somewhere and I can't get it that I'm like, wow, I need to go back home immediately because, or I need to go to China immediately because I'm not, I don't have it. And, and, and living in LA too is such a melting pot of all these Chinese provinces and Taiwan and Hong Kong that you don't kind of get anywhere else. Like in China, I wasn't getting that, you know, but in America, in LA, I get all of it. You know, I get dim sum, I get Szechuan, I get uh, um, all these different places. Like you're talking about Northern Chinese or Southern Chinese or Central Chinese. Like the food is different. Yeah. So many different kinds. Is it like that in Korea and the Philippines too? In, no, in Korea. So here's the thing about Korea. Korea is very, because I think the military presence has changed a lot of like just the landscape of the country. Um, one thing that I noticed in Korea is of course, you know, Korean food is fire there, of course, but they have a lot of other foods that are not traditionally Korean that have become great. Like Jonathan, Mm. you said the Korean fried chicken, which is, Mm. I will tell you, Korean fried chicken is like better than American fried chicken at every like good place that I've gone to that has Korean fried chicken. It's just, and I always wondered how did Korean fried chicken get so good? And I was talking to my dad and I was talking to a couple of people, other people who were living, you know, in Korea back in the day. And they were just like, yo, it's really because of the soldiers, because the black soldiers mm-hmm. would come over there black folks. and they would be like, I'm trying to make some chicken and taught people over there how to make it so they could have it. And then Korean people just perfected it. Right. I don't know. Just their technique of cooking. Wow. Perfected it. And it's just like, wow, that's amazing. The ultimate Blasian food. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that. But like when I think about just the Asian cultures in general, honestly, my favorite is not even Korean. I, I default to Korean because I know it, but it's not my favorite. Like I will, if I had to pick one <laughs> Asian food, like one country. Ooh, well, okay, drum roll, actually, please. It would actually be, ugh, this is hard for me. I think I would have to do Japanese. I would do sushi <gasps> every day. Wow. And it's and the funny part is Korean is not even a, is second. Korean's third. Second, a very very close second is Vietnamese. Ooh. Oh, love Vietnamese. I can. Uh, Vietnamese. I can we haven't even talked one. about that. We, we need we need to Vietnamese. bring some folks in. Fire. Yeah, we do need to bring some some other Blasian, a Blasian Vietnamese. Have a but out of everything, out of all of the genres of food in the world, I will say Asian, of course, is my favorite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we're checking out. for European food, people food. 
what do they even have? even over like soul food even over anything american like i'd rather have asian food all day every day all day mm. every day like that's, I could... that's hard for me to say i'm sorry really <laughs> there are some soul foods that i do like but like you oh, said like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well we get the best of both worlds don't we we do yeah yeah but you have you guys ever when you guys were growing up did you ever have like even to this day i have friends who always make fun and be like what you eating today Megan? cat <laughs> you know or are you eating dog you know koreans are known for eating dogs and i asked my mom i was like why is that a thing why do people think koreans eat cats and dogs and she was like well she said well there's some people that do in korea i was like what <laughs> lie i was just about to say because they do i was like no she's like no in the country like that's like out in the rural areas like that was a like a normal thing it wasn't taboo to eat a dog or you know cut up a dog put him in your stew but she was like that's not normal even for korean people like we would still be like ew too to the to the but that's very rare well i'm not gonna sit here in front like i didn't just talk to my mom in the year 2021 and ask her the same question <laughs> and she said yes about the philippines as well wow uh, and i also cross-referenced with a friend who's from the philippines and it's very much the same response like um out in the country like in the rural areas they still do it or they did it when she was growing up she you know like it's just dog and beer and it's like what dog and beer <laughs> just like, that was the delicacy of the day i, I mean, give you a dog and, and a cold one yes what so come on ryan what? Don't act Honestly, like the Chinese don't have no weird. Oh, we food. eat. We probably eat, ate the most dogs in the world. Okay. <laughs> it's. <laughs> but you know what? We can talk about it because say the Ch Chinese people have the most interesting stuff that I will never eat, like like Rat. shark balls or whatever. Definitely not bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> Japanese like, got shark. Japanese got sharks. They do shark balls. Yeah, shark like balls as shark. in shark fins, testicles, or just like balls or shark know. balls. They got testicles? Country people do that too. My dad, uh, it's called hog moths. My dad said they used to eat that back in the day. Mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, wait, what? Pig testicles? He's like, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty good. I'm like, Chinese people what? do eat kind of everything. <laughs> like, I feel like, like in, in both sides of the culture, like poverty influences how much of the animal you eat. And in both of our sides cases, it's uh, there have been times of extreme poverty or even you know, enslavement where we get the scraps as black folks, uh, that the amount of the animal you eat is 100% of it, all of it. So like, there are things where people are like, oh, I'm not gonna eat that. I'm bougie or whatever. It's like, <laughs> that's, that's how you eat booty noodles. <laughs> Stop right, that's, saying that word. <laughs> I like that word. It was funny, it was so booty funny noodles. when I first heard it. <laughs>Okay, we're back um, and we're gonna talk about um, what it was like uh, eating our specific culture's food um, and how people may or may not have judged us for the smells and maybe even the taste of it if we let them taste it. Um, I remember going, going to middle school and you know, bringing, cause my grandma would always make me lunch um, and I would bring you know, dumplings or, or her, oh my God, her ginger, her ginger garlic crab. And it smelled funky, but it tasted hella good. Oh. But I would, I would, yeah. And I would always get, you know, looks and sort of like repulsed faces 
when I'd whip it out. Most of the time I didn't care because that that literally is my favorite dish in the whole world. So like, I did not care if anyone's judging me. I'm still bringing that and eating the hell out of it at school. Did you guys have any experiences of, like that? Bringing food to school that people looked at like crazy? Um, I was, well, okay. So I grew up in a military town. So pretty much everybody that I was around kind of always had some friends of some other culture. So they were kind of used to like mm. different foods. If anything, I think people like would have that effect or would have like a, a negative view when I brought kimchi because kimchi is so pungent, but kimchi is so good. I, I haven't really met too many people that didn't like it once they tasted it, but it was just, it does stink up everything to the point where you know, most Korean people, and I'm sure probably your moms too, have multiple refrigerators in the house. Like we always had, we had the main refrigerator on, you know, in the kitchen. And then we had a refrigerator in the basement. And then somewhere along the lines, my mom got a third refrigerator that goes in to the garage. And that one is specifically for the kimchi. Yes, we have a, we, I grew up with a garage for refrigerator. I did. Yes. Because only, the only time I had multiple things like that was on my black side is multiple deep freezers Oh, deep <laughs> because we had yeah. to like keep yeah. fried pies and then deer meat like we we're country y'all like we hunted deer meat. i mean i didn't hunt venison <laughs> for the for the more bougie out there um, <laughs> but like all these things so that was on the black side um i never got made fun of for bringing any kinds of foods to school because I don't know, maybe it was just Southern California in the 90s. We didn't really bring food to school. Like, I'm sure some people did, but like, I was on a lunch program. Like, I paid for my, like, a dollar twenty five. Oh, lunch man. Every day. Not, the, know, not the school lunches. School Public lunches. lunch. Not the school Public lunches. school lunch, yes. Not the sloppy but Joes. I can't Wait, so wait, hold on, Ryan. You grew up in Southern California, too. You didn't have public school lunch? They said I, I, I ain't eating that shit. Hmm. <laughs> You missed out on on Pizza Fridays with them little rectangle. It's not like I never ate it. Of course, I ate it, but like the alternative was always better for me. Wait a minute, did you you were the kid that busted out the chopsticks? Hell yeah, every time. Yeah, (laughs) you went to school with Asian people, right? (laughs) You're like, I would have made fun of you. Why you bring these chopsticks in here? You know, good. What you eat for the fork is with? I went to school with everybody but black people. Oh. Oh, right. You were the 0.001%. But most of the time, episode. it was like majority, like, so most most of my childhood was majority white and then Asian. And then I s- switched schools and went to a majority uh, Asian and Mexican school. So they they weren't really making fun of you then, right? They knew that food. Not at that school. Not at, not at the predominantly Asian school. They weren't making fun of me, no. So I have a story about this. I thought I was going to be made fun of but I was the only one who knew. And it's not, it is about food, but it's not about eating the food. So I specifically, this idea has stuck with me for my entire life. It was kindergarten. It was probably first grade. Um, We had to like cut out, like it was a matching game, right? So the workbook said like, use scissors to cut out the picture and then glue it to the thing that it makes sense with, whatever it was, I don't know. But um, we didn't have glue. And so my mom, my mom and my Lilla were like, just use rice. I was about to say, they use rice, didn't they? Oh my God. <laughs> it is that was so embarrassed. That was so smart. Oh my Did it God. Work? Did it work? 
It worked. It worked. Nobody knew that it was rice. I was wow. so embarrassed. Perfect. That is genius. That is literally genius right there. That's like environmentally friendly. Yeah. I just use rice for glue. Oh my God. Wow. I will say that, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think I, I was really made fun of growing up, but as an adult, you guys, so I work at a comedic company. Like all we do is make comedic content with comedians, right? So I remember being in the office and I would make my own food. And one of my favorite foods to make is like mackerel because, you know, Korean culture, we do a lot of fried mackerel. And so I brought my mackerel, I would put it in the fridge and then I would heat it up for lunch. And everybody in that place was like, Megan cannot bring fish in here ever again. They had a whole meeting about <laughs> why we can't bring stinky foods, AKA fish into the break room and heat it up. And I felt so offended. I was like, y'all, first of all, this mackerel is fire. Okay. It's exactly how my mom would make it. And so I feel really offended that y'all won't let me bring this in here, but I ain't saying nothing about nobody else's food. Okay. Everybody, other people's food is very pungent just because you like the smell doesn't mean it's okay. Because if that's the case and I'm out to see, we can't have no tacos in here. Don't reheat, <laughs> don't reheat your quesadillas. I don't want to see no fried chicken, even though it's yummy. Cause it is pungent. Cause but it's it's a smell too right what mm -hmm. if that offends me you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i was so mad it went to everybody at a comedy day, place of all places yes they still make fun of me to this day they be like remember when megan used to bring in the, the fish <laughs> in there and stink up the place oh Ooh. my god that's a mess <laughs> okay we are back and i want to ask y'all as adults how has your growing up like the food you grew up with, how does that affect you nowadays as an adult? Well, Filipino food is very carb intense and fatty intense. And, you know, <laughs> I'm thick. So that's how it has impacted me. <laughs> I guess that's how <laughs> Brian, you met me in real life. You know, I'm a little chunky, but that's fine. Um, um, you thick. You're not chunky. You thick. Come on. Okay. Thick. Okay. Get it right. I got that way, but it wasn't from the Asian food now. It was all from the Southern stuff, okay? And wings, you know, there's a wings wing spot on every corner in Atlanta. That's oh, do it, wait, wait a second. Do Asian cultures like wings as much as black culture does? I feel like they do. I mean, wings all of specifically? My as much as black culture? I don't know as much know as, as black much. culture. Well, I know like my Korean family loves fried chicken though. Like, But not fried chicken, but specifically wings. Wings? I don't oh. think really wings. No. Okay. I mean, no. I that's a black thing. Well, why do we like yeah. wings so much? Because they're good. <laughs> we be having bites we? over the different kinds of wings. Yeah, <laughs> we really do the best flavors or whatever. Like, yes, hmm. they're so good. I don't know why they're so good, but they sorry are. for. Derailing. Oh wait, let me ask. Yeah, like, I'll answer the question. How's it affecting me? Oh, I got, I got. I mean, I eat Chinese food all the time, still to this day, and I think just loving Chinese food so much is like every meal is Asian if it's not Chinese. I was going to um, ask you, like, to, to yeah. you, do you consider it, like, quote, Chinese food, or do you just say food? Like, uh, yeah. That's a good question. I guess it's either or sometimes. Because when I'm talking to my grandma, it's like, when we say food, like, we're, there's right. no other option. We're getting yeah. Chinese food, you know? You know? So she asked me what I want to eat. It's like, we're going to go get some kind of Chinese food. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah, with certain family members, it is just food. 
I noticed that like, as you're saying that I'm thinking about what do we do? You know, I don't particularly cook as much Korean food because of the amount of ingredients that goes into it. And I'm sure, you know, your foods are like that too, but like, I'm not about to cut up every scallion, every onion, every chili pepper, every, I don't want to cut up all that. So, Uh, (laughs) so I'll go buy it. But I noticed though, like if I'm doing Uber Eats or something, I always, it's always Asian genre is always top two for me. And then when I look at like my fiance's from the Caribbean, so he's always wanting something Caribbean. So I just like, how funny is, or he'll be like, oh, I want something like, you know, Southern or I'm just like, no, we're going to do sushi again. <laughs> like, or we're going to do Vietnamese. Like I always lean just towards Asian. And I also have, um, I have like two rice cookers. I have like the small one when I was two. Like, well, okay, when I was single, you know, living by myself, I had the little small pot. It's like, you know, it's really teeny. It's just enough for one person. But mm. now that I have a family, my mom got me like the industrial strength, like rice cooker that like can wow. make rice. I need that mm. small one. I'm single over here. And I, I always make like too much rice. That's what I'm saying. It's great. It's it's just enough for one person. And it's really easy. I, I hate to sidetrack here, but you just reminded me of some a, a life event, milestone event that I just went through in the past month, Megan. I am able to afford a Zojirushi rice cooker and I bought one. What? It's it's the single, you know, the brand of rice cooker. Ryan, why are you looking at me like I'm crazy? Because I don't know what that is. It's the elephant, the elephant rice cooker. Oh, I probably they're very have, expensive. I probably already been had one of those. You probably have one in your house. Sorry, the motorcycle gang of the world is going by. <laughs> yeah, you you're probably you're have an adult one now. In your house. You have the real thing. You're an adult. I got it. and like the thing was, I was like, why am I spending so much on a rice cooker? Number one, well, number one, I grew up with oh. it, like seeing this, and then, but when I made the rice, you all, this <laughs> rice was perfect. Why is it so because expensive? I have because it's so perfect. Wow. It makes the rice. Now, here's the thing. Um, remember I told you when I moved in with my dad, we were just using pots or whatever. We didn't have a rice cooker. When I got out on my own work in retail, I could, I wanted to get a rice cooker and I only got like the Walmart black and Decker rice cooker here in my mid thirties. Now I have purchased the straight up Asian rice cooker and this thing, it takes a whole hour to make rice, but that rice is so perfect and consistent all the way through through jesus christ i i'm it's that good like no go ahead what were you gonna say ryan does it does it play the song when it's done it plays the song and everything you know what (laughs) that's how mine is mine is like my mom the one that she got me i don't even know the brand it's just everything is in korean the directions are korean the buttons are in korean so i literally have to like the thank god i can read korean and like it has a setting for white rice mixed rice um like like brown right like it brown has different rice. settings so i had to learn because i didn't know wh- what the different names of rice were in korean so i had to like mm. go look it up i was like what does this like what does you know i had to type it in in korean i had to type it because i could say it but i didn't know what it meant and so then i looked up i was like oh that's the mixed rice setting so i was like okay let me push that one but literally everything all the directions are in korean man i i love that about korean that you can actually read it like there's an alphabet and you can like sound it out and then yeah. write it you can't do Chinese. that in Chinese. It's just oh, interpretation. Yeah, you look at it and it's like, I have no idea what that means. So I'm just, I'm just not going to know what that Wait, means. Are there like a couple of words that you can like point, you can like recognize? In yeah, Chinese? no, I can read like a lot, but like, if I don't know what it is, I have to like write it down 
and then like uh, there's no dictionary that I can go to. I just I just realized that iPhone has a handwriting system. So you can look at something and handwrite it, then you copy and paste that, and then go to the dictionary, copy and paste it in the dictionary, and yeah. then you find out what the word is. But don't they have like multiple, like you could like type in GE and then it'll give you options to choose. Oh, that's if you know what the opinion is though. Oh, right. If you know what the if if you know what the phonetical English like version right okay i see what you're saying it so you're seeing you're you seeing see the, the character character and you're like well i don't know what that says so there's no way i can just type it in gotcha. yeah I, that's so hard how do you how do like i feel how like you, you have to spend your entire life learning chinese uh yeah <laughs> like you don't stop once you never, get out of literally never like you have they said when i first started taking chinese they said oh to be like completely fluent you have to know twenty eight thousand characters mm-hmm I'm like, mm -hmm. why can't y'all, why didn't y'all make an alphabet so we could just put these together and form words? Well, this is very interesting. God, damn. Because I, I, I study Japanese. And so uh, along the lines of that, so like think of English, you know how like in English, we have quote big $10 words. And then someone might say a word and you're like, wow, that's a big word. I don't know what that means. Like yeah. for at least Japanese folks who basically lifted Chinese language and then made it their own version of with the kanji, um, 28,000, it's like, so sometimes you'll see a character and you're just like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, I don't know that one. Mm -hmm. So it, it, that's a little off track, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, wait, wait what is, up? Filipino like that? Yeah, no, that's what I was about to ask. Um, Filipino is, you know, they've been colonized by so many folks and there's, there's it's a mixture of Spanish stuff and then like, uh pre-colonial um like native like native languages out there but it's um, letters though right yeah it's letters okay. yeah there's this idea or uh, us being blasians we have this kind of or rather there are things that have happened in the world where like you can look at something that looks the same, but it's two different things. And us as Blasians, we can kind of deliberate as to what's going on here. So I'm just, I'll be upfront about it. Uh, in New York, at least, I don't, this was going all over the place, like Next Shark Jackfruit a couple years ago, you probably heard about it. But there was this white woman um, who started a Chinese food restaurant, but it was a quote, more healthy, clean version of Chinese American food. It was called Lucky Lee's. Um, and a little from the person who started it, her name is Ariel Haspel. She was a nutritionist who told uh, folks that she created this restaurant with modified or clean Chinese American recipes for people who love to eat Chinese food and love the benefit that it will actually make them feel good. She said that she had many clients with dietary restrictions who couldn't indulge in dishes, dishes like lo mein, fried rice, and kung pao chicken. So she developed uh, glutenless, wheatless, refined sugarless, GMO-less, um, additive-free versions of those dishes, or as she wanted to call it, she healthified them. So naturally, you know, um, she received a lot of backlash on social media with one person saying, this white woman just opened a quote, clean Chinese food restaurant. Not only is she using Chinese food stereotypes naming, she is shaming traditional Chinese food cooking with MSG, uh, grease and starch. So 
had you heard about that or have you seen where white people will take something from any of the Asian countries and think that they've perfected it? And how do you feel about that? I don't, here's the thing. I actually don't have a problem with that because the truth is if you took any of our food and said, I'm going to create a healthier version, I'm okay with that because the truth is fried chicken is unhealthy. Um, Sunday, which is like, uh, like you're using the outer intestine stuff with rice and stuff stuck, that's unhealthy. There's a lot of unhealthy stuff in our culture. So if somebody wants to, a white woman wants to create a healthier version, that is fine. However, don't call it Lucky Lee's, okay? Call it Lucky Susan's or Lucky, Lucky uh, Betsy's Chinese point. Whatever, right. Whatever you want to call just don't call it Lucky Lee's unless your name is Lee, ma'am. Don't yeah. do that. Or just say, you know, just, just say like healthful Chinese, whatever. You know, to me, if you're, because there's nothing wrong with going, oh, I love this food. I wish I could have more of it, but because mm-hmm. of my dietary issues, I can't. That's cool. But now the naming and then, and then don't lie and say like it's, own, cause I know there's a couple of restaurants in Atlanta that cl- like try to front like they're black owned, but they're not. Right. So don't mm. front either. Oh, like wait, you're what? owned. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother. Wait, what? That's a whole nother issue. But I'm just saying, be honest. I am the owner of this establishment. I love Chinese food. You know, my clients love Chinese food, but it's not always the healthiest. So I created a new version that is healthy because guess what? It's probably not as good. Let's be real. Mm. (laughs) Ryan, what do you think? The problem that I have with it is that there is healthy Chinese food already. That part. (laughs) (laughs) There already is healthy Chinese food. She's just talking about Kung Pao chicken. Right, the American and version. The you American know what I mean? version. Yeah, and also I have a problem with the name too. It's like, who's Lee? Is that your homeboy? Like, who is that? Do you know him? Or you Why just is he said, so lucky? Yeah. <laughs> Why is Lee so lucky? And who is this man to you? <laughs> Sorry to this um, man. Yeah. Um, and and there was another, you know, the, the queen of kanji. Her name was actually Karen. And oh, it's yes. the word, it's the, it's the verbiage that they use. They say, oh, we're going to improve it. We're going to make it right. healthier. And also the stereotype of like, you're going to make all Chinese food healthier, or you're just going right. to pick these dishes that like may or may not be healthy to you because all you've had is Americanized Chinese food. Yeah. And you're going to make those versions healthy and then say you made Chinese food, all of it healthier. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's. That's sort of the problem. But I, I agree with you in the sense of like, oh, if there's some dishes that you want to make healthier for yourself because you have dietary restrictions and other people might have those same dietary restrictions, you can do that. But don't say you're making Chinese food healthier. You know what yeah. I mean? And don't call your restaurant Lucky Lee's, you know? And, she, and you know what? She could have honestly like, and that's the other part of it is when people, I think, okay, you want to you want to change Americanized uh, Chinese food to make it healthier, quote unquote. Okay, cool. But if you're doing Chinese food, like you said, there are healthy Chinese dishes. You should have incorporated some of those on your menu and said, oh, right. this is like traditional Chinese. Like I bet yeah. you guys didn't know, like this yeah. is part of the dietary restrictions that you have. You yeah. can actually eat this and this is yes. It's, it's not uplifting Chinese food. It's saying that Chinese food as a whole is unhealthy and I'm making it better for your your unrefined uncultured stomach up, i don't know karen. i didn't need to, i didn't need to say that but that's Shut how up, I, karen. I like msg it's yummy yeah. i mean yeah. sometimes you just want to eat some trash food like yeah and not not trash in a bad way i'm talking about like unhealthy food sometimes you just want to do that now i'll tell you i went to lucky lee's before it closed <gasps> down in less than a year 
Oh, what was and it, it like? was not good. It was wow. not good. Of course, of course. I was, was like, I don't think this place is gonna be fire. There, there, you know, we got Buddhists. You know that we got Buddhists, like hella Buddhists. Chinese people, we got hella Buddhists, and they don't eat meat, and they eat hella healthy and clean. Yeah. And exactly. there, I go to those restaurants, you know, on occasion. As mm -hmm. I try to go there and more because it's healthier for you. But there are also there are also like so many different recipes that have developed in that on that side of the vegetarian scope of Chinese cuisine that are fire, right? Like with this vegan boom that have that has happened in America, like the vegan boom has also affected Chinese cuisine. Yeah. And they're finding different recipes. They're finding like, oh, using this sauce to make this kind of food that tastes like fried chicken, but it's like mushrooms. You know what I mean? You know what? One of my favorite vegan restaurants is actually um, in Hollywood, almost close to Beverly Hills. And it is like vegan China, and it's authentic Chinese people. And it's so good. Yeah. So good. It's bomb. I have one down the street. I go there uh, a lot and it's really good. And it's there's no meat. <laughs> um, but I, I want to I want to ask Jonathan, like, well, what, what, I want to know the entire experience from walking in the, from seeing it outside to walking into the door, to the smells, to the people who are working the restaurant. Like, I want to know the whole Lucky Lee's experience. Oh, it was uh, back then, whatever year this was, it was probably like 2016, something around there, 2017. It, it was really out here in New York. It was a big deal. Um, and, and hella Chinese people were upset because she had said this thing, she was getting dragged. And I was like, let me go on and go over here. And it's in the NYU area by Washington Square Park. Um, if for the listeners who don't know, that's like where I Am Legend happened, where Will Smith lived across the street from that park with the arch, that's where it was. I saw the, I saw the, the sign, just like in the news articles that I had seen, New York Times, New Yorker, all of them. I was like, oh, this is the place. So I get in there <laughs> and there's like this old white man serving and then um, I'm just like, and it's like buffet style. It's like you walk in and he like scoops it onto your plate. And I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. I think I got the, um, it was like the orange chicken that they had prepared. Oh my gosh. It wasn't good. It was like, it was a bunch, like, you know how like a lot of the Americanized Chinese foods, it's like fried and it's got the crust around the meat. And that's like, the difference is the sauce so like general so it's like a, a kind yeah. of spicy sauce but then you can taste that same piece of chicken and just put orange sauce on it yeah. and it's orange chicken yeah it was like a bunch of the bread that surrounds the chicken with like very little chicken i was just like this is a vegetarian dish or like did i just misread this like does it not have meat so it was really weird and the thing that really got me was like they didn't serve pepsi or coke drink like they were like bougie like lacroix La and things like this like sparkling <laughs> water which that just made me mad so i was just like you know Very what i'm fitting. done with this it was yes. before a choir rehearsal and i always need my energy before choir rehearsal and i was just upset because very on brand lacroix yes. La La whatever it's called yeah they they insist on you saying croy not qua so lacroix lacroix <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, the, the whole reason I even bring up Lucky Lee's, y'all, that was just for comparison's sake, because I did say Asblation. So there is, this year in 2021, there was uh, someone based in Capitol Heights, Maryland, who his name is, um, I forgot his name, but they call him Chef Austin. 
And uh, he made a pop-up Chinese food restaurant, American Chinese food, with a black twist called Black Dragon. Um, and so I think you've already answered the question of like, do we, like, is this okay? I think, you know, um, it's cool for people to make other folks' dishes as long as you're respectful, right? I think we agree on that. Mm-hmm. So I want to read this to you and acknowledge some things that happen between Black and Asian communities and then get your take on it. So Black Dragon, um, Chef Austin noticed that his neighborhood of Capitol Heights, Maryland, a largely African-American community, was surrounded by businesses like liquor stores, food carryouts, and convenience stores. And I feel like that's code for something. Uh, Wink, wink. So most of these businesses are owned by people that do not necessarily have the community's best interests in mind. Black Dragon was created to be an option for those wanting to support someone that grew up in the neighborhoods where they serve their food. I think they probably meant serve that food because if we're talking about African-American or Black American communities with convenience stores, liquor stores, and um, what else? takeout restaurants then i like i said it's code but we're talking about chinese food and and asian owned businesses in black neighborhoods right and the whole reason why he started this is because he felt like black folks weren't being respected in those businesses which are in the neighborhoods in which they are gaining the money from so like he basically took chinese food and said i'm gonna sell chinese food here and and people who want to support who, first of all, if you want Chinese food, you can buy it from me and I will respect you. Mm. So like, how do wow. you feel about that? Wow. I, yeah, Ryan, I want to know because you're Chinese. So yeah, like, you're Chinese, Chinese and your people. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, man, I'm torn. Like, because I know what it's like to be treated like, you know, to receive anti-blackness from Chinese people, but I also am Chinese. And it, but it's different for me to like, for me to make a Chinese restaurant and sell to black people and be like, I'll respect you. Cause I actually am Chinese too. Right. But if and this, you're black. Chef, and I'm black. So if the chef is not Chinese, like, I don't know if that was his intention. Like revenge was his intention, but he's I mean, just this asking is in the for, about section of his website he specifically says that the reason why he's selling chinese food is because he's noticed in his neighborhood these other folks whoever that might be that own these liquor stores and takeout places and convenience stores that don't respect the neighborhood i mean it's 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 complicated i don't think i don't i think there's appropriation and i think there's just wanting respect and and you know i don't know if he's appropriating chinese food because i haven't tasted it i haven't seen how he's represented it but it makes sense to like, I like this kind of food and I like eating it. I just don't like the disrespect that I receive when I go to buy it or I go and sit in a restaurant because I felt that I know how it feels. So that's one thing. And I don't know if he's appropriating it, but he could just be making Chinese food that's authentic. He could be hiring Chinese people. You know what I mean? He could be like really paying respect to it. And so I don't have a problem with what I've heard so far. This is the only question I have. Is the food good? Yeah, I think the food is good. Okay, well, I, I, if the food is good, I don't have a problem with it. Okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a problem with it. You, if you don't come in this neighborhood talk about some, I'm gonna be black and making Chinese food and the food is trash. Like Karen in, in at Lucky yeah. Lee, 
it, you, if you're, it's going to be nasty, then you you don't have a dog in this fight, right? There's no point in you doing this. But if your food is actually really good, then I, I, I don't have a problem with somebody improving upon, right? So if you're like, oh, the food's really good. And it also, there's a cultural aspect of it. There was like, I wasn't respected because we've all been in communities where there've been Asian people who may not have recognized the Asian-ness in us and have treated us a certain way because they thought we were 100% black. And then you might've seen the shift when they realize that you, oh, you're like me, oh, okay. I've seen it a billion times with, with Korean people and I'm not offended by it anymore because I understand where it comes from and I understand Korean people culturally and what it's like in Korea. Is it wrong? Absolutely, but I understand why they are the way they are. So I don't have any problem with him going, you know, I wanna be in my neighborhood, that's where I grew up and I like Chinese food. Or even if he, if he was doing a fusion one, that would be even better to be like, I'm gonna do a fusion. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, I don't know if it's like, cause I feel like you would have to like blackify it up a little bit, right? Like, I don't feel like it's gonna be regular broccoli and beef. It's gonna be a little bit, you know, I'm interested to see what that is. Um, well, I can tell you right now, cause I pulled up the website while you were speaking. It is more of a fusion. And okay. here are some of the names of the dishes. General Moe's chicken. Mildly will spit your water out. Orange line chicken. Beefin' broccoli. So not beef and broccoli, but like we beefin'. Beefin' we beefin'. broccoli. We beefin'. Broccoli. I want to go, to this place. Where is this place? <laughs> go now. Blackdragon.com. B-L-A-Q-D-R-A-G-O-N.com. Oh, I got to find this place. Where is it? In Atlanta? It's in, it's in, in uh, it's in Maryland. Oh, Maryland. I'm going the there DMV soon. Area. I'm about to go try to buy this. a flight. I'm buying so, a flight. So here's my thing. So like, um, <laughs> there was a, there were people like saying cultural appropriation, this, that, and the third. And my thing is this, like how many Chinese food restaurants or rather how many places have you been where it wasn't the ethnicity of the person making the food that you're, you were wanting? So especially in New York, Chinese restaurants now they've taught other people to make the food and they're in the kitchen making it and then it's just it's going out or but that wasn't the main thing that convinced me that it's like okay this is okay like black dragon is cool with me i don't have any beef against black dragon this was it and and i gotta point to the koreans like specifically <laughs> korean folks have the monopoly on the black hair care industry and yeah, have been selling black folks mm -hmm. wigs, weaves, mm -hmm. beauty products, specifically, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fair, not fair and lovely, that's Indian. Um, what, what, just for me, all, just all of that stuff, like black products to black folks. And, and I guess not just Korean, like there are Chinese owned business, Asian owned businesses where they're in neighborhoods and they're, it's not that they're selling food, it's not that they're selling convenience stores, they're selling specifically black products to black people in black neighborhoods. After I realized that that's been a thing for decades, I was like, oh no, I have no problem with Black Dragon. Not one bit, not one so whatsoever. Black man want to sell uh, Asian food to Asian people and everybody else, fine, cool. Cause, Cause here's the thing, I don't blame, I don't blame the owners of these restaurants. And I tell you why, because you, you can't stay in business without there being a demand. If there's nobody buying your product, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If, and even with like, you know, hair care, you know what I'm saying? Because, and this is personal to me because my uncle worked at a, like one of the biggest hair, like 
weave suppliers to the point where I'd be like, uncle, can you send me some? Because I'm going to sell it to my friends, okay? Like he, <laughs> he, he had hair. And my mom ended up opening, she opened a, a hair store. It was like half hats, hair. There was some like products in there, but it wasn't like a full beauty supply store. But the, the thing about it is, my mom wouldn't have been in business if there wasn't black people coming to buy her products. So I don't fault right. her. If she wasn't, she wasn't one of the, you know, of course she wasn't one of the Korean people that was rude to her customers because we've seen that, right? But that wasn't her. She was selling a product and people were buying it. Now it wasn't, if, if a white woman wanted to come in here and buy, you know, this weave, she would have sold it to her, but that's not who was buying it. It was black women buying it. And so you know, when I see that the black, the Koreans have like this huge monopoly on black hair care products, to me, that doesn't say anything about the Korean people. That says more about black people. Why are we not monopolizing stuff that is about our hair? But you know that Korean people locked black people out of being able to purchase the wigs and get into the business of selling, you know, to black people. But, but so here's like, the thing, when you, when you learn about, when you learn about that, you, a lot of these hair care products and hair in itself didn't come from Korea. That's the crazy part. But when you start to learn, and that's as black people, you know, black people have had to face trying to get into a lot of stuff, a lot of industries, a lot of everything, including hair care, right? But we find a way, we make a way, or we make our own way after when it, when it does happen. So it's like, again, I can't fault Asian people when it comes to hair care products because now if you look at 2021 you go to the shelves in Target a lot of these products are made by black people so it's 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 possible and it's and it came out of a necessity of like oh well there's only major corporate brands it doesn't really serve me I need something different let me get into my kitchen and see what I can whip up and now this is a multi-billion dollar company but that but that's what we have to do and I think that's very important to point out for black people instead of pointing a finger and being like you're making it hard for me instead do what we've always done what our parents and our grandparents have done and go around and say I'm gonna find another way because this doesn't serve me and you're 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 keeping me from entering something that is important for me I agree that that goes right back to what I said in the first episode about how I got into it with that Blasian person because a black woman said black dollars should be going to black businesses. Like, I, I I agree with what Meg says about like if there wasn't a demand for it, then, you know, like right. then they would be out of business. Th that's what I'm saying. If you feel wrong, then go somewhere where, you know, there's a, like it's your own people selling the thing that you need. So in this I'm case, you, I don't, I don't, I will not, I will not patronize a business that does not respect me. I don't care if I have to drive further, take another bus, walk another mile. You will, I will do that in spite because you're treating me like trash. And there's so many people who are like, I've gone to this, you know, Korean like convenience store and they were so rude to me. Don't go there anymore. <laughs> there's a million more. Do not give them your money. They should not have your money. Matter of fact, start your own convenience store. Be like Black Dragon, start your own little, <laughs> your own <laughs> Chinese restaurant because somebody slighted you and make sure it's the best thing ever so that people will patronize your business i i want to say that i agree with all all that about black people realizing this and creating their own businesses which we're doing now but it it pointing the finger at the koreans i think is wrong because it's the system the system was created to block entry for black people to even own these stores and these businesses, first and foremost, it's the system, right? right? Koreans saw this advantage in the system and took advantage of it because they needed to survive. 
You know what I mean? So like when black people point their finger at Koreans, it's just like, listen, Meg, you're right about that. It's like, it's not the Koreans, but at the same time, black people have been so dis disenfranchised in terms of education right. and opportunities. Like they don't even know that. They can't even get to that level of understanding. And and also when it comes to like, don't patronize that business, a lot of black people don't have even the means or the time to go somewhere else where it's not owned by Koreans. And I think that's why you're starting to see like black people creating all these natural products, right? And, and these businesses starting to pro proliferate because that's all the things that I have in my bathroom in terms of hair products are all I, these I brands the, black owned black yeah, owned hair products at this that point. are good yeah. they're actually very good you know what i mean so i'm i just i just want to say that because i have hope and i and i understand how deep it goes because they they tend to make us pin it that the system tends to make us um have animosity towards each other when like really we were just both trying to survive in a broken system you right know? because you can't you can't sit here and tell me an immigrant who don't doesn't even speak english has had more chance than you did. They don't even know the language. And you're telling me that they can be more successful in this country and it's their fault. You, yeah. you can't tell me that. There's a there's no. an ounce of laziness in that. And I say that, and I say that fervently because I know how hard it is as a black woman, as an Asian woman in this country, it's not easy. And so you can't, when things are not easy, you then have to work harder and it's not fair. It's not fair. Nobody's saying it's fair, but you cannot blame other people because they made entry for you hard. Okay. Okay, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ask your grandmama, ask your great grandmama, go on down the line. They've had it hard. They've been had it hard. This is not a new story. But the question yeah. is, what are you going to do to get around yeah. that? Yeah. And we, I think a lot of times, Jonathan, I know we're so off topic. A lot of, a lot of the times I feel like Black people associate so much with their oppression that they become it as opposed to becoming the overcoming of the oppression, you know? Right. I'm, I, I, the face is not because we're off topic. I'm just thinking really hard about how to respond to this because I did mention like, yes. And like there's there's articles about this by and, and accounts by black women who have tried to get into these businesses and the workaround as problematic as it sounds is to fake a Korean accent on the phone so that Korean people would not know that you're black so that they would give you the information for vendors of hair or black products. So when we say things like, um, you know, oh, you can't say it's hard because these people came to this country and the languages, that's different than actively pushing people out of a business that is for the benefit of the people that are trying to get into the, the business. So wigs and weave and hair care products, been selling these to black people, locking them out by, by not, not sharing the information of where you get, or not even selling to black people so that they can get the product wholesale and then sell it to black people. Like that's, those are two different things. But, here, but here's, here's the thing, this, and this, I would agree with you if this was another country, this is America. It's a very capitalistic country. It's not about helping people, right? Literally these people, Asian people, Korean people specifically are in the beauty care business for money. That's it. 
And usually it's because they know somebody, a vendor or somebody who can, so it's like, oh, it's easier. I know this person, they sell hair in, in Asia somewhere. I can get it easily here. That's it. It's a money grab. It's not about helping people, right? And I, and I, and I say that, and as harsh as it, as it is, as being a black woman who uses black hair care products, it's harsh for me to say that because, I mean, I understand it. It's not fair. Again, it's not fair. They're literally locking people out. But guess what? There's a workaround, like you said, having a fake an accent. How many times have we had to fake accents on a phone interview sounding white or sounding something else so that people would hire us and the stereotypes that come with it don't change their view on it, right? All of that is wrong. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying this is not the first time that Black people have had to do that. This is something we have grown accustomed to, but because we've had to do it for so long, for centuries, work around it. Use your Asian accent. I don't care if I have to put on every Korean accent, Chinese, what, where's the vendor from China? I have a accent. It's going to be, it's going to be terrible. Okay. I don't care. I will, <laughs> I will do what I have to do to make it happen. And that's what I'm talking about. And, and you're like, and you're correct. It's wrong. For, for them to actively be like, no, I'm not going to help you. But this is not a new story, right? We've had mm. like in the past, every business, whether it was like Jewish, oh, white, God. Irish, somebody always trying to keep black people out of stuff. That's just how it is. But the, the beauty of, of black people is that because nobody else has had to face as much adversity as black people, we have learned to like nothing can stop us. And I'm a firm believer. I don't care. You can try your best to lock me out of this business. <laughs> I will call, I will, you know, even as black people, there's, I work at a, a black like company and the history of my company, if you go back 20, 30 years when it was a different iteration, in order to even get black comedy on TV, they had to get a white man to vouch for them. They mm -hmm. had to have, they had to basically, they just paid this man to just, just say you're on our team. You ain't got to do nothing, but you legitimize us with white people and make mm -hmm. it look, and mind you, this, this white man didn't do nothing, but just said he was a part of them. He didn't do any work. They just used his name. He was a cool Jewish dude. And the Jewish people who ran TV were like, oh, we can use, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll work with this company because you're a part of it. And that's not fair. But again, as black people, we have to learn the workaround. How do we, how do we make this happen? Because we know there's going to be obstacles and we know you're going to try to stop us. So I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just very passionate. No, no, I, guess, I guess, and I guess the full circle moment here is start your own place like Black Dragon. There you go. Start it. Or you can try, try and start your Lucky Lees. Now, it may not work, honey. <laughs> your little nasty food, but. <laughs> learn, from the, learn from the mistake. Like, learn from the mistake. Hmm. Well, you, you all, this has been quite an interesting episode and uh, <laughs> we've been all around the world and back <laughs> with it. Uh, until the next time, we hope that you have enjoyed this. Why don't we go around the horn just one last time and sign off? I'm Jonathan, aka Blasian FMA, and you know, I really appreciate you too. I really appreciate you all. I love you. My name is Megan Thomas at Meg Scoop everywhere. Follow me, hit me up, send me a message. I'm going to talk to you. For real, for real. I'm with that too. I'm, I'm Ryan Alexander Holmes, aka at Ryan, Ryan Alex H. Blah, blah, blah on all socials and uh, hit me up because I want to talk about topics like this. I'm, I'm grateful for this, this podcast. And uh, I think we're, I think we're making an impact y'all. I think we're like speaking to people that maybe have never had a voice before. So. Yeah. Exactly. Well, until the next time, everybody, we'll see you around. <laughs>